You are listening to the LifePoint Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Tony Meyer. For more information on other LifePoint Church resources, please visit www.livethemessage.org. Awesome. This morning as I was just sitting in the front row eating up uh, the, the words that Pastor Steve was uh, putting out, it was just it's hard not to go back down memory lane. You know, when I left North Dakota State, as a senior, really when I came to North Dakota State as a freshman, our little Chi Alpha group, there was maybe 30 or 40 of us, and we met in this small room, the Prairie Rose Room in the Memorial Union at North Dakota State. By my senior year, I mean, Chi Alpha was, God was really doing something on our campus, and it was growing. We had moved to this, this theater down, down the road. And it was like, me and my wife, we graduated from college, like in the midst of this just awesome move of God, like it like hurt our hearts. But as I was hearing Steve speak this morning, it was just so cool to see the work that God had done in that, that season and beyond uh, as that, that campus ministry just continued to grow. And uh, Pastor Steve really poured into an awesome uh, move of God, really spearheaded by students that were doing exactly what Steve was talking about this morning. So once again, will you guys give it up for Pastor Steve tonight as he comes one last time? Thanks, buddy. All right. Well, hey, we are, I'm excited to be here. I hope you guys are, are ready for the Holy Spirit to do some stuff tonight. Is that all right? Can we be expectant? Uh, we're going we're gonna to jump right in because I just feel like uh, the Holy Spirit's got some business to do tonight, and we're going we're gonna to get to the Holy Spirit business as quick as we can. Is that, all right? Is that okay? All right. Good. Like six of you are excited about that. All right. Perfect. Um, well, hey, I... Uh, like Drew said, my name is Steve. If you weren't here this morning, I know that a bunch of college students are here, and we do Chi Alpha up in Anchorage, Alaska, and, uh, and it is, God's doing a good work up there. It's super exciting, and, uh, and thank you guys for your prayers. Thank you for sewing into our ministry. It's, uh, it's, it's awesome. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, if you guys have your Bibles, I'm going to have you open to Acts 3 this evening, Acts 3. Uh, anybody in here like uh, things that are powerful? You know, if you had like a choice between a, you know, a, a lawnmower with five horsepower or a lawnmower with 15 horsepower, which one would you take? You know what I'm saying? Like, of course, you're going to go with the more power. I, I always laugh in Alaska. Uh, everybody drives really giant trucks around. Uh, it's just kind of like this rite of passage. It's kind of like this thing that you just do. Everybody's got a big truck. Uh, most of the time, though, it's funny, the nicer, the bigger the truck, the less mud you see on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have all of this power underneath the hood. You have, like, this, like, Toyota Tundra with the TRT off-road package pro and, uh, and like, this suspension system. And it's like, you, you, buddy, you literally drive to work and back every single day. You know, you didn't need the off-road package. But we love to get more power. We love... We love to be able to get connected to things that we feel like is somehow going to connect us to the ability to be able to do something that is that is goes beyond our normal human means. And the beautiful thing about our God is that he promised to give us a connection to the same type of power in the spiritual realm. And I don't know, I, sometimes I, I get floored by the fact that he would entrust us with being carriers of the power of God, right? You know, in John 14, before we get to Acts 3, I want to read this. John 14, 12, it says, 
This is Jesus talking. He says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater. Everyone say greater. They will do greater things than these because I am going to be with the Father. Okay, so this verse, I, if, I were, if I were one of the apostles, one of the disciples that was sitting there listening to Jesus say this, I would have probably been scratching my head. Like, Jesus, how does it get much greater than like raising a dead man from the grave? You know what I'm saying? Like, they had watched Jesus walk on water. They watched him multiply loaves. They watched him uh, feed 5,000 people. They watched him open blind eyes, cure things that no doctor at the time could cure. They watched people literally get raised from the dead. And Jesus is so bold to say, the very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things. And this evening, what I want to believe God for is for greater things to happen, greater things to be that go beyond our ability, that go beyond our, even our wildest imaginations. You know, I told this to the college students this weekend that if we are settling for a Christianity that looks anything less than what we see in the in the Gospels and in the book of Acts, we are missing out on something that Jesus intended for us to have. He did not say that you are going to do greater things than these until the year 60 AD and then it's going to all shut off, right? He said, you're going to do greater things than these. He goes on to say that, that signs and wonders will accompany the preaching of the Gospel. Does the Gospel get preached here at LifePoint Church? So if that is happening, then what can we expect to happen at LifePoint Church as well? Signs and wonders, right? If Jesus said it, then we should probably believe what Jesus said, right? If we're going to believe part of what Jesus said, we need to believe what, all of what Jesus said. So why, why does Jesus give us this power? Well, he gives us this power, I believe, for two reasons. Number one, he gives us this power to encourage the church, Right? I don't know if you've ever had someone come and prophesy over you or give you a, or speak a word of knowledge over you or pray for you exactly the way you needed someone to pray for you in that moment. Spiritual gifts are designed to encourage the body of Christ, but number two, they're also designed so, so that others who are outside of the body of Christ can see signs and wonders and believe. Because we are living in an age today, we are living in a world today where people are not coming to Jesus because we put a bumper sticker on our car, and they're not coming to Jesus because we post something about him on Facebook, all right? Yes, can it happen? Of course, right? Do I believe that Jesus, the Holy Spirit, can speak to someone as they're driving along and, uh, and, and see your bumper sticker? Of course he can speak, but the world we live in, I believe, is is waiting for a real, tangible Christianity. And unless we fight for that, as a body of believers here in Ames, Iowa, I believe that our community is going to miss out on something. And so in Acts 3, this is what happens. Exactly what I'm talking about. Peter is walking around one day. He's, he's, he goes into this temple, and he's going to 
I don't know what he's going to do there, right? He's, he's on his way to, to go do something Peter-like. And he says, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth. Everyone say birth. Okay, that's very important. He was crippled from birth, was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Now at this point, if this didn't work, things were about to get awkward, right? Like big time. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly, everyone say instantly, Instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. It drew a crowd, and Peter wasn't going to pass up this chance to preach the gospel. So he goes on to say, well, while the beggar held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to, the, to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we made this man walk? And he goes on to preach a message about Jesus and people get saved and set free so what can we learn from Peter? Well, this evening, my hope for you this evening is that by the end of this message, when we go into a time of response, that, that you would be ready, that may hear from the Holy Spirit yourself, that maybe, that maybe God wants to start to use you in the supernatural and use you in spiritual gifts. Is that all right? How many people think that sounds like a lot of fun, right? Okay, good. Good. I also am believing that for some of you, God is going to touch and God is going to impact you in a supernatural way. And there's going to be some healing that happens this evening in your, your own life. And so buckle up. It's going to be fun. So how do we get there? Well, there's four things I want to share with you this this evening, the first one is this, is how do we get equipped with the power? Number one, we need to get to know the power source. Do we know who it is that we are dealing with in the Holy Spirit? Peter obviously had an intimate understanding of God's glory and power, right? If he did not, then he would have probably reached into his pocket and just gave the guy what he was asking for, which was silver or gold. But he said, no, 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 I have something way better for you. I have, a G I have Jesus, I have a Holy Spirit that wants to touch your life and change you, not just currently right now, but wants to change your life for eternity. You see, I believe that Peter, growing up as a, as a Jewish young man, had an understanding of who God was, that he had a really giant view of God. Jews were, were uh, 
obviously had this view of God that God was so big and so grandiose that only a few people could ever be in his presence in just certain times during the year. And, and that same Jewish kid that lived his entire life understanding this incredibly giant view of God all of a sudden had God come to earth, hang out with them for three and a half years, and then say, hey, it is good that I'm leaving you because the gift my father promised you is coming and the Holy Spirit's going to live inside of you and is going to baptize you with power and is going to allow you to live in the supernatural and have the supernatural flow through you. I, I believe that Peter had something going for him. He had an understanding of the greatness of our God. And when he understood that that greatness of, his, of that God was living inside of him and flowing through him, it made him realize that there was literally nothing that God was not capable of accomplishing, even healing a man who is crippled from birth. I don't know where your view of God is this evening, but do we know the Holy Spirit well enough to know what he's capable of? Do we know him well enough to know how he moves? Do we know him well enough to know when he's moving? You know, the best way that I can tell you to do this is, is to just read the book of Acts. If you've never studied the book of Acts, I encourage you, read the book of Acts. And every single time the Holy Spirit moves, underline it in your Bible. And I got, new, I got a news flash for you. Almost the entire book of Acts is going to be underlined. The disciples were 110%, 110% dependent on the move of the Holy Spirit in every single thing that they did. I think in Christianity today, we have gotten kind of caught up in a lot of self-help stuff, Right? They're like, okay, here's 10 steps to becoming a better Christian. Here's, here's 25 steps to becoming a better you. Here's this, that, the other thing. Well, the Holy Spirit's job, the Holy Spirit really has, if you, could, if you could just narrow it down, the Holy Spirit has one main job. His main job is to get you out of the way so that he can do his thing through you. Are we positioning ourselves in a position of humility to say, God, you are capable of all things. I am capable of no things. And so I want you to flow through me and work through me. And I don't know what we're filling our lives with in replacement of that or, or what we're striving for. But God says, get to know me and get to know what I'm capable of. And I believe that is what led Peter to be so expectant. And that's the second thing I want to share with you tonight is that Peter was expectant. You know, this line, I'll never forget reading this line as a, I remember where I was when I read Acts 3 for the, I believe I was a sophomore in, in college at the time. And, and I read this line and it, and it shook me. Verse 12, it said, when Peter saw this, he said to them, men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Okay, so just vulnerable moment here for just a second. I probably would have been surprised if I had been there, okay? Can we just be honest with you? Like, I, I, come on, like, I would have been surprised if I had seen, and I would have been like, what do you mean, Peter? What do you mean, why am I surprised? Did you just see what happened? Now, sometimes when we read scripture, we, we have to make sure that we actually like enter scripture and put ourselves there because 
Because uh, sometimes things get abbreviated, but when we really think about what was actually happening in this moment, it's a pretty amazing thing, okay? So the crippled beggar, the Bible says he was crippled from birth, which means that he probably had never walked a single day in his life. Now, I just want to put this into biological perspective for you, okay? I, I study biology at North Dakota State University. I really like science, all right? So we're just going to look at the human anatomy of what happened during this miracle. The man was crippled from birth, meaning that he had probably never walked. If he had never walked, it meant that he had never developed the muscles in his legs in order to walk. And so that he probably had little spindles for legs, right? So if you had been there that day watching this happen, what you would have witnessed was literal muscle tissue would have needed to have grown right before your very eyes onto this man's legs. And not just muscle tissue for him to kind of get up and take a few steps, muscle tissue that would have made him athletic enough to jump up and down. And not just that, but if we go into it more, right, he had never walked probably a day in his entire life. Usually when someone starts to have to relearn how to walk, it takes months of physical therapy. You need to retrain your brain as to how to walk and retrain your muscle groups as to how to interpret the signals coming from your brain to your muscles. God literally did something in, this, in, the, in the neurological positions of his brain to teach this man not just how to walk and communicate with those muscles, but to be athletic enough to jump up and down. Now, some of you are like, I could use some athleticism, Holy Spirit. It'd be really awesome for my City League basketball tournament next week. I don't know if he's going to do that for you tonight. He might, all right? But do you understand what's going on here? We, we don't think about all of these different things that would have needed to happen in this man's life. And then Peter is so bold as to say, men of Israel, why does this surprise you? Again, I would have been probably surprised, but Peter says this and he says, listen, why do you look at us as if by our own power we made this man walk? This, was the God, this is the God of the universe, the same God that orchestrated everything, put everything into motion in the universe, created the heavens and the earth, and created you and formed you and knit you together in your mother's room. That God is here, and he's working amongst us. Why does it surprise you? Why should it surprise you if God moves, not just here tonight at this altar area, but at your workplace? Why should it surprise you that God would move at a coffee shop as you're sitting across from a friend and the Holy Spirit downloads a word of knowledge for you to pray over them? Why should it surprise you that when you lay hands on somebody at a grocery store because the Lord prompts you to pray for them, that they would be made well? Why should it surprise us if we are settling for anything less than a Christianity that we see in Acts 3? I believe we are settling for something that is not what Jesus intended for in our lives. I don't know what kind of miracle you are in need of tonight. But if you're in need of a situational miracle, I believe that God can heal addiction. I believe God can heal, bring healing to finances, can bring healing to marriages, can bring healing to families. I believe that God can bring emotional healing. You know, we were uh, on, on campus 
a couple years, this is about four years ago now, we were on campus and we were having this uh, contact table and we were just trying to connect with students. It was the first week of school. And this young man named Ellison was walking around campus and Ellison was struggling with severe depression. And uh, he had something go wrong with some classes that day and it was kind of like the last straw for Ellison and, and literally he was contemplating in his mind about whether or not he was gonna end his life when he got back to his apartment. And for whatever reason, Ellison can't explain exactly why, but he decided that instead of walking directly to his car, he was gonna walk through the student union. And Ellison walked through the student union and he happened to come by the contact table and he got stopped by one of our students and one of our students invited him to Chi Alpha that evening and he took it as a sign from God that maybe, just maybe, the Lord wanted something else to happen for his life. Ellison came to our Thursday night meeting on the campus of UAA, and that night there was a word of knowledge specifically spoken over someone dealing with depression and suicidal thoughts. And Ellison came forward for prayer, and that evening healing started in Ellison's life. And today, Ellison is serving Jesus and is working at a hospital in Anchorage and serving God and is still alive and is well, and God has healed him from depression and suicidal thoughts, all because, a, because the Holy Spirit nudged him in a specific direction. The Holy Spirit nudged a student to talk to him. The Holy Spirit nudged someone to speak a word of knowledge, and the Holy Spirit touched Ellison's life. Man, what are we expecting God to do? If you need a physical miracle, I believe God can heal people physically, and we're going to pray for physical healing tonight. We were in Barrow, Alaska. It was about five years ago. We were in Barrow, Alaska, and we were uh, talking. Actually, I was talking about this, this same passage of Scripture, and this young lady uh, came forward for prayer. Barrow is like the northernmost city in the United States of America. It is way up there, all right? Sun doesn't set for 60 days. It's awesome, all right? So we're up there in Barrow, Alaska, and this woman comes forward for prayer, and she, she wants us to pray for her wrist. And what we later find out is that she had literally been to 19 different doctors. She had been in a car accident about four years prior to this, and she had never regained full control of her wrist. She didn't have all of, she, she didn't have uh, the ability to clinch. She couldn't even lift a gallon of milk because she could not clinch her wrist to grab things. And her husband and her had just gotten married. They were about to, wanting to start a family. And she was dealing with an incredible amount of anxiety every single day because she said, how am I supposed to mother children if I can't even lift up a gallon of milk? And she had literally seen 19 different doctors when she came forward for prayer that evening. And she got prayed for. And I was, I, I, I was standing off to the side when all of a sudden I just hear this like wail of a cry. And I didn't know what was going on, but she, she, we, I walk over there, and she was just grabbing somebody's hand like this. And she started to just cry, and we start to, I, I asked her what was going on, and she told me this entire story. And that night, what 19 different doctors and specialists could not figure out, Jesus figured out just like that. 
That is what the Lord is capable of. Are we expecting for him to move in our midst? And when we are expecting for him to move, then we start to do the next thing that I want to talk about, which is we become aware. We need to become aware. Are we aware of the situations around us? You know, Peter walks into the temple gate called beautiful obviously he's got some business to take care of maybe he was going to be there to pray maybe he was going there to preach the gospel because that's you know there's people congregating there whatever it was that he was doing he was willing to have his day get interrupted by the holy spirit he was aware that the lord wanted to move in that moment and he stopped whatever it was that he was doing in that moment to say okay we're going to take care of business Are we aware of the situations around us? Are we listening for the voice of the Holy Spirit? Because last time I checked, the Lord did not say that he just wants these miracles to happen only here in this church at LifePoint Church. And last time I checked, it is not just Drew or it's not just Tony that should be the only person in this church laying hands on people and praying for people to be healed and set free and made well and receive emotional and situational healing. I don't know what you want to insert into this passage, but maybe for you, you've said that, well, I'm not a pastor, I'm not an evangelist, I'm not a preacher. But you notice that Peter did not concentrate on what he did not have. He concentrated on what he did have, right? We could word it like this, right? A master's of of divinity degree I do not have, but what I have I give to you. A pastoral certification I do not have, but what I have I give to you. Experience in ministry I do not have, but what I have I give to you. A staff position at a church I do not have, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. I believe that miracles within the church walls should account for a small percentage of the miracles that we see in the body of Christ. In fact, I believe that there should be probably, if we believe that the miraculous work of the Holy Spirit is for the world to know who Jesus is, then the majority of the miracles should actually be happening outside the doors of our church. Amen? What if, what if your home, what if our homes became a place in which the gifts of the Holy Spirit were living and active? I got news for you, and this is going to comfort some of you. The Holy Spirit is a far better parent than you are, right? The Holy Spirit knows what's going on in your kids' lives far more than you do, and we do all of these things as Right? There's so many things today as parents that we love to control our kids' environments and our situations. We watch what they're doing on the internet and we watch who they hang out with as friends and we, we, we have nanny cams to make sure that our, our kids are sleeping well at night. All these things, right? There's things going on in your kids' lives and in their hearts that you would never know about unless you ask the Holy Spirit for some insight. And what if your... your <laughs> I mean, you're going to freak your kids out, right? It's like, man, you've been reading my text messages again, Mom? Come on. No, 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 no. I've just been praying for you, and I've been listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, and I feel like this is a place we need to talk about. What if our homes became a place in which we 
commonly prayed for healing. We commonly waited upon the Lord for words of encouragement, words of knowledge for each other. That we practiced getting in tune with the Holy Spirit. What are you doing in your current life right now to get in tune with the Holy Spirit? Do you have a personal worship life, a personal devotion life? Do you have a personal prayer life? Are you fasting on a regular basis? Are you positioning your heart in a place in which the Holy Spirit can speak to you? Or are lives moving so fast and at such a mock speed that there's absolutely no way that we're ever going to be able to slow down for long enough to allow the Holy Spirit to start to kind of mold and shape our hearts a little bit and whisper in our ear? I think sometimes we, uh, I think sometimes, I, I think this is so important. I think sometimes we, we pray the wrong prayer when it comes to spiritual gifts in our lives. So often I hear people pray this prayer. They say, God, use me in a spiritual gift. Please use me in a spiritual gift. I, I want to encourage you tonight to, to, to stop praying that prayer. I believe that that prayer already, God already wants to use you in a spiritual gift, all right? You don't need to beg God to use you in a spiritual gift. In fact, the Bible says to eagerly desire spiritual gifts, right? And so that's already a command that you've been given. God, I believe, is already trying to speak to you. The the Holy Spirit's voice, I believe, is already actively trying to communicate in your life. You don't need to pray that. Instead, pray this prayer. And notice the subtle shift, but how much this changes the situation. Instead of praying for God to use you in a spiritual gift, pray and ask God to ready your heart to be used in a spiritual gift. You see, the difference is, is it's a heart position. It positions us in an area of humility. It positions us in a, in, in a position of, of listening to what God wants to do. And I think when we start to do that, then pretty soon it doesn't become about us. It becomes about the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do. For me, I was guilty of, I, I saw evangelists do these great works and, these, and, and all these pastors and some pastors in my life have these words of knowledge. And I was like, yeah, I want to do that. I want to do that. But what the Holy Spirit revealed to me was that I wanted to do that partially so that God could move, but partially so that I could have a cool story to tell. And what the Lord convicted me of was he said, Steve, I want to use you in that way, but I need your heart to get in the right place before I use you in that way so that this doesn't go to your head. I said, okay. So I don't know what the, how the, the Lord speaks to us in so many different ways, but I want to encourage you, this takes practice. And unless we're willing to take a risk and put ourselves out there, we are never going to probably, uh, I think sometimes we, we in, in church services like this, we hear pastors and they have these like super specific words for super specific people, right? Like, how did he hear that? But you see, every single one of the people who operate in spiritual gifts regularly in their life probably didn't start by hearing super specific stuff for super specific people. Instead, it was just like, okay, I think this is the Holy Spirit, so I'm going to step out in faith, believing that it is. And if it is, okay, awesome. And if it's not, well, I learned what the Holy Spirit doesn't sound like, right? Both are wins, Because this is how we navigate and discipline ourselves to hear from the Holy Spirit. 
The first time I was ever using a spiritual gift, I was uh, a junior in college, and I was, I, I, was praying, I was seeking God for exactly what we're talking about tonight. I was seeking the Lord, and, and I, I, was, uh, I was working at a, a, a Bible camp, and I was lying in bed one night, and I was just sitting there, and all of a sudden, a, like, I, I just got this like mental picture of of the nurse that was working out at camp. And I was like, well, that's weird. Why am I thinking about this person? Kip was, and started to like spasm and was like on fire. I was like, what the heck is going on, right? I must have ate really bad camp food today. <laughs> and I started, I decided, well, God, are you trying to tell me something here? And the Lord spoke to me and said, Steve, yeah, I'm trying to get your attention. I want to heal this woman's hip. It's like, okay, cool. So the next day I woke up, I decided I was gonna, I was gonna walk by the nurse's station. I said, God, if she's, and I was super nervous. I was like, God, if she's there, I'll talk to her. But if she's not, that means this wasn't from you and I'm just gonna keep going about my day, all right? So I gotta be honest with you. I was kind of hoping she wasn't gonna be there, right? So I walked by the nurse's station and I, and I, like, I like see her in there. And I'm like, oh man, darn it. Okay, so I like, I like, just like walk by and I'm like, okay, I gotta go back, I gotta go back, I gotta go back. And I remember thinking, okay, first of all, how do you approach a middle-aged woman about a hip, right? Because like, that's kind of an awkward thing. They're like, hey, do you got hip problems? Like, what are you saying, man, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna, and you know what I thought to myself? I was working, it was actually a Bible camp in Alaska at the time, and it's kind of funny looking back, because I thought to myself, well, Steve, it's not like you're ever coming back to Alaska, so who cares what she thinks of you, right? <laughs> Little did I know. So I walk back, and I'm like, hey, uh, my name's Steve, and I'm really sorry. Do you got a second? She's like, yeah, what's up? And she, I said, well, you know, this might sound really crazy, but I felt like the Lord asked me to come and pray for you last night. And she's like, oh, okay, cool. I was like, okay, so... Uh, and I felt like I was supposed to pray for you for healing. She goes, oh, okay. I said, is it possible that you have, like, pain in your hip? And she kind of looks at me. She's like, yeah. And it was specifically, actually, it was specifically my left hip that was hurting the night before. And I said, is it possible that, that maybe it's your left hip? And she was like, uh, yeah. It's like, okay, well... I've never done this before, but I think this means the Lord wants to heal you. <laughs> and so she's like, okay. So I'm just going to like pray. And so I prayed, and, and it was a simple prayer that, God, if you showed me this, obviously you want to probably do something about it. So I just pray healing in the name of Jesus. And I got done, and I said, uh, so did it work? <laughs> she said, Steve, this is crazy. I feel a tingling sensation all the way from my lower back into my lower leg. I was like, cool, I think that means it's working. Goodbye, all right, so I just walked away. Later that week, she came up to me at the end of camp with tears in her eyes. She said, Steve, thank you for your obedience. This was the first week in as long as I can remember that I had a week without pain in my left hip. I said, praise God. It's scary to step out in faith and spiritual gifts, but God wants to move in your life. He wants to move through your life. 
And the fourth and final thing, the worship team can come back up. So we need to be willing to receive the gift for power. You know, I believe that God did something miraculous in Peter's life. In Peter's life, this, this same guy that, that couldn't even share his faith with a young lady the night that Jesus died, literally in front of people at a very busy place, was picking crippled people up and letting them go, believing that they were going to be able to stand by themselves. Where did that power come from? Where did that confidence come from? Well, the only difference that I see in Peter's life is that halfway between the, the denial of Jesus and this event, that he got baptized in the Holy Spirit in Acts 2. And if you've never experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit, we don't have time to unpack it tonight, but if you have never received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I believe that that, that maybe, just maybe, God wants to baptize you in the Holy Spirit tonight. And he wants to baptize you in power and give you this ability to have what, who is inside of you, the Holy Spirit inside of you, to work through you and literally surround you and baptize you with power. And if that's something you would like tonight, I would love to lay hands on you and pray for you. I know Drew would love to lay hands on you and pray for you. But I know that in my life, the baptism in the Holy Spirit and, and my ability to flow and move in the Holy Spirit, my ability to be able to pray in the Spirit is what has edified my soul to be able to pour out spiritual gifts into other people. The Bible says that he who, he who prays in the spirit edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. In order for us to be able to edify others or pour into others in the power of the Holy Spirit, I believe that we first need the Holy Spirit to pour into us until overflowing so that we can pour into others. And if you want to live a life in power, I believe that baptism in the Holy Spirit is a necessary decision and a necessary thing that we need to seek. So here's the deal is I'm not going to twist your arm tonight. But I do believe that God wants to move in this place. And in a little bit, we're going to invite you to this, the front, to this altar area to respond. If, if you need healing, I would love to pray for you for healing. If you need physical healing, emotional healing, or you need healing over a situation, something going on in a marriage, something going on in your family. I would love to pray for you. If you want to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, please find me or find Drew or find another leader here at the church that would be willing to pray for you. But for the rest of you, what I want you to do is I want you to be praying for God to speak. And I want us to maybe practice this tonight. If the Lord speaks to you and nudges you tonight to go up and pray for somebody else at this altar area, I want you to step out in faith and say, hey, I'm going to go and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask, hey, I, would just, I felt like the Lord was telling me to pray for you in this way, or I felt like the Lord was telling, you, telling me to encourage you in this way, or I felt like the Lord was, was saying that, that this is something that he wants to do in your life. Can we do that? Is that okay? This is a safe place. And if it doesn't make sense at all to you, what they're saying, they say, does that make sense? They say, ah... Uh, 
you know, not right now, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to package that and I'm going to maybe, maybe that's something that the Lord wants to, to use in my life in the future. This is a safe place to practice hearing from the voice of the Holy Spirit tonight. Is that all right? Okay. Specifically, I feel like the Lord wants to do a couple things in people's lives tonight as we were worshiping. I felt like there might be someone in here tonight that, that you have a, a wayward relationship with one of your children and you carry blame for yourself for that situation. Your last memory with that individual in your life was one that is not a good memory and you have blamed yourself almost every single day that you shouldn't have opened your mouth or you shouldn't have said what you said and you've been blaming yourself and the enemy has been heaping shame on top of you and I believe that the Lord wants to bring some healing in your heart tonight. And I believe that there's a college student here that is incredibly frustrated because they've been asking the Lord for direction for their life for a long time and it just feels like the Lord has went radio silent. And I feel like the Lord is telling maybe a while ago that you put on the back burner and that you just said, no, 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 not going to do it. And it was like, you're just waiting for option B. And God isn't going to give you option B because he wants you to stick with option A. And he wants you to say yes to option A tonight. So if you would stand with me and come forward for prayer. And as I'm praying, you guys can find a spot at the altar to just kind of spend some time with the Lord and, and spend some time hearing from, from the voice of the Lord. But if you need prayer for something specifically, please come talk to me. But I'm going to pray over us as we respond like this. Lord, I thank you that you are a God who is a God of power and who is a God that says that even greater things will happen for those who carry carry your love and carry your message of the gospel to the world. And I pray that LifePoint Church in Ames, Iowa would be known around this city to be that church with people who believe in the real power of God and see the real power of God on display, not just at Sunday night services, not just at Sunday morning services, not just during their prayer meeting during the middle of the week on Wednesdays, but also in their workplaces, in their homes, and in their everyday lives. Lord, I pray that we would come into this place expectant, that we'd become aware of your, of your voice, and that we would step out in faith, knowing that your, it is not your heart to embarrass us, but it is your heart to use us and stretch us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information about LifePoint Church, please visit www.livethemessage.org.